Being a highly anticipated indie title is like a double-edged sword. On one side, you have a game like No Man's Sky or 12 Minutes that left many gamers feeling burned initially. And on the other hand, you have games like Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring that not only manage to meet these massive expectations, but surpass them and become something special in the process. Fortunately, for the very long-awaited Tunic, it feels like something special. It's no secret what the main inspiration for Tunic is, as this adventure feels like the best Legend of Zelda game not actually made by Nintendo. And even going a step farther and saying that it wouldn't feel out of place, nestled among some of Link's greatest adventures wouldn't be wrong. Tunic is made with love and care by a very small team who are passionate about this genre. Tunic is much more than just a simple Zelda-like though, as things aren't always how they appear. And just like the game, everything feels hidden in plain sight. You awake on the shore of a land unknown and you quickly figure out that you need to find three stones or gems and that's all you need to know and this serves as more than enough to guide you on your way. Everything else will get filled in along the way as you find pages of an 8-bit instruction manual that's scattered across the world. Collecting the instruction manual is a great touch and pays tribute to some of the greatest games of all time that existed in a time when manuals were just as much part of the experience as playing the game was, just like how liner notes, lyrics, and art used to be part of buying an album. In Tunic, it has been incorporated into the game and modernized rather than just being a forgotten relic of the past. And the manual isn't pristine either. It's just like you used to remember it with handwritten notes all over it just like you did. Even zooming in, you can see the staples binding the manual together or drink stains on it. And closing your eyes, you can feel that high gloss paper in your hands. The instruction manual is much more than just an old keepsake thrown in to be retro hipster. It actually serves plenty of purpose and can help you get a handle on what certain items are or what you need to be doing at any given point. It doesn't spell it out like some modern games, but it does point you in a direction. I constantly felt lost and unsure where to go almost every hour during the game, but looking at the instruction manual with new knowledge made something make sense that lacked clarity previously. The manual is so integral to the game that if you can manage to collect enough pages, not only does it provide you with the option of two endings, but with enough pages, it actually gives you the secret needed to complete both. Even if you don't have the pages you need or the knowledge required to go in the correct direction, there is no order in which the game needs to be completed for the most part. For the first half of the game, this can drastically alter the difficulty depending on if you have what is required. It is truly a game that just sets you loose into the wild and begs for you to explore. One final note on the instruction manual is that it actually serves a dual purpose that drives you to want to find more pages because not only does it provide insight for your journey, but it's also a collectible in-game and you want to find all these pieces. When you do feel lost, which will happen often, it's not a complete waste of time because if you die, you're only going to lose a small portion of your currency upon death, which means that trying the same area over and over feels worth it because not only are you refining your combat skills, but you're also getting what you need for leveling up, which you need to discover, and becoming familiar with the map becomes integral for endgame. 
Everything in Tunic feels designed with purpose. Everything feels earned, nothing is given, and when you finally figure something out, you get a feeling that is rarely achieved in gaming. You feel as if you've cracked a code. Something as simple as upgrading your character is constantly in front of you the whole time, but rather than force it upon you, it allows you to figure things out on your own. It's this design philosophy that creates a magical world and this discoverability that transfers to the whole game where there are constantly alternate paths and secret areas hidden in plain sight and when you stumble upon one or finally figure it out, the feeling is much better than just being told where to go. Tunic is not the most visually stunning game ever created but what it might lack in cutting edge visuals it more than makes up for with massive attention to detail and heart. The world is not only gorgeous, but it's a lot of little things that make it feel special. From the way that the light breaks in from the canopy above to the way that your fox turns his head towards certain things of interest or how your lantern reflects in dark areas. Tunic is also much more than just the lush greenery that all the previews have shown as there are many different biomes and all have their distinct look and feel. Even when you go to the instruction manual screen, you can see a CRT behind with a pixelated version of the game that you're currently playing and the audio changes to a cheap mono speaker sound that you remember from your basement. Tunic has an ethereal soundtrack that feels perfect for exploring the lands as much as it does put you in a state of relaxation and has plenty of variety that changes depending on your location in the world. Even when you're lost, you're having a good time because the music is so excellent. To emphasize the quality, not only have I added the album by Lifeform to my Apple Music library, but it's also something that I listen to frequently when doing things around the house, and I can't think of the last time that I went searching for a soundtrack after finishing the game. The constant questioning of what is going on in the world is an underlying theme throughout the whole game, but most of the story is fun to experience on your own, but it's like most fairy tales, your job is to stop the world from evil. The combat and difficulty doesn't feel out of place, nestled amongst some of the greatest adventure games of yesteryear, nor does it feel strange to compare it to the modern titles carrying the torch from how games used to be, including from software titles. Anything can kill you easily if you let your guard down, enemies can kill you from full health in one attack, or you can easily be overwhelmed, but most importantly, it's fair and if you're patient and use your window of opportunity, you can usually find success almost any time. Boss fights are tough as they require certain pattern recognition and proper timing like Retro and Souls titles, but they also require a close monitoring of your stamina because timing your rolls provides you a moment of invulnerability, and when your stamina is too low, you can't roll anymore and even worse, you're going to receive 50% more damage. Tunic's difficulty was surprising as the expectations for a cute fox equates to something a little easier. Tunic does feature plenty of accessibility options to make your life easier if you just want to enjoy the story and avoid the troubles of the combat like unlimited stamina and a no-fail mode. I think this is a refreshing change that needs to be available in more games as it allows more people to complete the journey and not give up when it gets too difficult. Sure, the game's creator probably wants you to play it on the standard difficulty mode, but I'm sure they'd rather that you finish the game and have a better time instead. Similar criticisms still exist from the demo. The button mapping can feel clunky at times, but I'm not sure what the alternative would be, and switching items during fights is next to impossible, unless the arena is big enough because the world keeps moving when you're in your inventory screen. Sometimes the lock-on icon catches people on a different plane than you when they're possibly beneath you or even in the next room, and while it might feel like using the prompt RT to lock-on should help you, it doesn't. 
That is until you realize about halfway through the game while trying to figure out another tool that the button prompt has been wrong all along. Instead of right trigger, the proper way to lock on is to click right stick, which made a world of difference. Now, it actually works as intended in the instruction manual, but on top of that, you also now can see the enemy's health bars, which is something that's only been reserved for bosses without using the lock on. This does also seem like something that could be patched early on. Finally, the isometric camera angle can sometimes lead to frustration and the inability to see an enemy, but like the rest of the problems with the game, they all feel very insignificant when stacked against everything that the game is doing right. Great expectations often lead to disappointment, but Tunic not only took what was excellent about the demo, but over-delivered with a lengthy adventure closer to 20 hours that will without a doubt be one of the greatest games that I experienced this year. We scored a Tunic a 9.5 out of 10. That's it for this week's episode of the Video Games Podcast. Hopefully, if you're considering Tunic, it's definitely worth the price to buy. And if you're on Game Pass, it's absolutely worth downloading. Now, if you did enjoy the show, please consider subscribing. If you haven't already, tell a friend. And remember to be nice to your fellow gamer. But more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.